0: Hey, everybody, I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my move the ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here, it's so great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball community for quite some time, I'm glad that you're here with us today. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice so that you never miss an episode. I just want to say thank you again to those who have left reviews for the podcast. I always enjoy reading everyone's feedback and not just on the reviews for the podcast platforms. A lot of people reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter and LinkedIn, and it means a lot to me that you guys take time out of your busy day to, first of all, listen to the show. Secondly, take the time to send me a note. And third, I know a lot of you share my episodes with other people. So again, I really appreciate everyone's support. As you guys know, this podcast is about sports, the competitive athlete mentality, business, and branding. And so today I've got a great guest with us to talk about these topics and more, and I've been looking forward to having him on the show. Inside the huddle with us and ready to share his insights and help us to move the ball is Yo Murphy. Yo is a former football player who played college football at the University of Idaho, and he's played in multiple professional football leagues. He started off his pro career playing for the BC Lions, played for another couple of CFL teams, won a Grey Cup. He's also played overseas for the Scottish Claymore, and he's played for multiple NFL teams such as the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Minnesota Vikings, and the St. Louis Rams. Currently, Yo is the owner of Yo Murphy Performance, where he provides expert coaching for athletes and those looking to bring out or restore the athlete in them. Yo, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I love, love the intro. You made me uh, feel very important.
0: You are important. Let's not discount that. Well, it's great to have you here with us today. I saw you a couple of months ago at your training facility in Tampa, and we were talking about having you on the show. So I'm glad that we're doing this today. So where I want to kick off my conversation with you is, you know, in my book, Move the Ball, I discuss a number of strategies, principles, lessons that show people how to reach that next level of success from football and how that translates to success on and off the field. Yo, as someone who's been around the game in many different capacities, can you share with us some of the lessons that you've learned both playing and throughout your career to be successful?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I think the biggest thing is playing pro sports or, or playing sports, period. You know, one thing that it, it, it taught me that I've carried on off the field is to achieve greatness, you need help. You can be, you know, an amazing player but championships in sports is usually what they look for when they're talking about greatness. Business, you know, once I got off the field and, and really decided on what I wanted to do, I really focused on that, you know, as I built my team, as I, you know, I just needed great people around me to support me, you know, push, pull, just really good teammates.
0: And let's unpack that a little bit. When you look for a good teammates, what qualities are you looking for for people to be a part of your team?
1: Simple, empathy, effort, and energy. It's my motto. It's taken a while to really figure out, you know, how those look and, and how they can support what we're trying to do. You know, just going back through it, you know, when I have somebody that works for me, works with me, that has empathy for who we're working with, with or the cause, it really helps them get bought into it. You know, the effort and the energy that you go about it helps with the intent. You know, that's what I look for. I, I need somebody that's empathetic to what we're doing or who we're doing it with or doing it for. Um, and when we could get that, you know, it, it it gets us off on the right foot. It helps us with understanding how to be humble in, in a situation. Man, pride and failure are so close in definition, you know, I really try to focus on making sure that we're humble, you know, we're servants, we understand that confident in in how we serve, but, you know, making sure that we're leading with humility.
0: Yes, absolutely. Leading with humility is important. And I like that you mentioned effort, empathy, and energy, not in that order. You did the effort first, then empathy, then then energy. But, um, you know, it's important to have that meant that work ethic, that's important, right? The effort that you put in, but I like that you talk about the empathy because at the end of the day, being a good teammate is about the relationships that you build and being able to have solid relationships comes down to treating people like people, right? On a human connection level, and you need to be empathetic to situations, to things that are going on so that you can have those deeper levels of connection. And then the energy, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, playing football, the energy that you bring into the game is important. The energy that you bring into the workplace is important. Are you lifting your teammates up or are you dragging them down?
1: Just like you said, that last Pete is peace is key and not, you know, not only our teammates, but our clients, you know, especially, you know, our teammates, because you know, the clients all get a feel for it, you know, that energy. You can't contain it bad or good. I totally agree with you. Two options, you know, you bring them down or raise them up, period. You said it.
0: And I want to talk about the clients that you serve currently. But before we go there, I want to talk a little bit more about your playing career. So you played college football, as I mentioned, at the University of Idaho. And then you went into the CFL playing for the BC Lions. And a lot of guys that I have in the show, when we talk about transition from college to a professional league, you're going from college setting too, and you know, you're figuring out life, you're a younger kid to the business of football, right? And it's a little bit different than the college setting. So can you talk to us about what that journey was like for you? And what were some of those like, aha, eye opening moments transitioning from the college to the pro setting?
1: I think the biggest thing in college is even though, you know, people say it's cutthroat, which it is, I mean, there's, there's a business to college, obviously, also, you go in there, really, with the mindset of I have four years or two years scholarship and these guys want me here. This is a place where they're going to try to nurture me. They've spoken to my parents. They got me here. They understand pro football is, I mean, as soon as they draft you, as soon as they sign you, uh, as soon as you make the team, you know, there's a portion of the building who's in their office looking to replace you. They're watching film, studying tape, always trying to, you know, get somebody better. I mean, as soon as you get there, it's not like, all right, he's a redshirt freshman. We're going to sit him out and let him chill, let him understand what's what. It goes through the whole building. You know, head coaches get less and less time to prove themselves. You know, when I was first with Minnesota Vikings, you know, uh, one of my coaches said, you know, we had a couple guys that were late. You know, he said, we don't find here. We just get rid of people. You know, we just... We just cut people. It's grown man rule. You know, that just really opened my eyes to, if I want to make it, I have to make sure that I understand each and every day, you know, as a competition, get, you know, your process in place, understand the systems, you know, understand what's right and wrong. And, you know, each and every day you better compete for a job.
0: Yeah, I think that's very important because it is such a competitive industry. There is, to your point, there is somebody that's right there waiting to take your spot. It's not necessarily like in the business world where if you come to work late for a day, they're going to immediately fire you and replace you, right? It's very, very different in professional sports. Um, something else that I wanted to, to ask you about is, so when we look at football over the last couple of decades, certainly the rules of the game have changed in part. Uh, there's focus on player safety and and some other stuff, which is is good. Also, the combine has changed some. The amount, the average length of time that a guy is in the NFL has also changed. It used to be 3.2 years. Now, I was told recently it's hovering around two years. So, you know, that's somewhat of a big difference. When you look at you know, guys who are trying to succeed and make it past that two year mark because that's not a lot of time, right? Two seasons will go by before you know it. Uh, What in your mind, like, what do you tell the guys that you coach and that you work with to help ensure their success? We know that talent gets you part of the way, but that's not the only thing. So what, what kind of advice do you tell the guys that you train?
1: I really tell the guys to be present to your situation. You have to know who you are and what you are going in be real with yourself. You know, I was a undrafted free agent that came from Canada. My first time having an opportunity to play in the NFL, you know, I was in the locker room, Minnesota Vikings with Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Jake Reed. I knew real quick that I was different than those three. I knew I couldn't make mistakes. I knew I had to be early. I knew I had to do more. I had to play special teams. I had to make big plays to even have a chance to make the team. And when you, understand and I know you know some people talk about not putting pressure on yourself, but you know, there's pressure there. And if I'm a realist, I I gotta make sure that I accept that and understand that instead of being caught off guard by it. You know, guys that are at a different level are gonna have more opportunities. You know, when you know you have a, a guy that can do the stuff Randy Moss can do, mm-hmm. he can drop three or four balls and it's not gonna be an issue. You know, a Yo Murphy Couldn't drop a ball. Couldn't be late. You know, and and some people say that's not fair, but it's the way it is. I just tell guys to understand your situation and then you have to play in that space. Like, that's it. That's the hand you're dealt. You got to go get it. You know, and that's it.
0: You're training guys doing a great job. You've got a number of high profile athletes that you that come through your facility and work with you. When you transitioned from playing professional football to what you're doing now, what was it that made you want to do that? Talk to us about that journey.
1: Well, you know, I was with um, St. Louis Rams my first year with them, and I tore my quad tendon. And so at the end of the season, finished the season up, you know, we went to the Super Bowl, so I wasn't, wasn't going to miss that. So I finished up playing and then um, just had a brutal recovery. You know, they told me, you know, I'll get the surgery. soon you get the surgery, you're going to be out. It's going to be about, you know, 12 weeks. You'll start moving. You'll start be able to do different things. And, you know, you'll be ready for camp. And it was tough, you know, when I first got out of the brace and couldn't even lift my leg off the, off the bed. And it was a struggle to get back. I started really pressing, you know, the physical therapists I was with. They, you know, the first physical therapist, it was just, let's, you know, get things firing. Let's get you full range of motion. The second guy I had had, you know, the Rams sent me to a performance. They called him a performance therapist, and he was a return-to-play specialist. And just from where he got me to where I could actually made it through that season and finish the season, and I started feeling good at the end of the season, it was just amazing to me, like where I was and where he got me. and And I felt that this was something that I could really – Give back to my sport and to the people that were playing it, really diving into the ins and outs of it, understanding you know the body better, understanding movement, motion, strength, asymmetry, just really figuring that out um my first thought was I wanted to go to physical therapy school after I retired, and then the more I got into it and started finding and getting into the business of it, you know, I thought that this would be more in my lane and what I could really use my post football career I could really use my knowledge of when I was playing and really help players on both sides.
0: Sharon I want to take you back I know you've been doing this for a while to like that first year because I think it's important as an entrepreneur that road can be filled with ups and downs and it's a roller coaster of emotion. So talk to us about that for what that first year was like for you. And were there things from football lessons that you learned to help you to be successful in this new venture?
1: My first year, I'd probably have to roll it into three years. You know, uh, it was, um, you know, it was tough sledding. As an entrepreneur, you just really better be ready to adapt. You have to be ready to deal with things and you can't shut down. You know, you don't have really anybody to go to. And so in football, you know, the best teams are consistent teams that live in the space of accountability that never, ever, you know, move out of that. That's the biggest thing that I just really stayed with. I made sure that I was making the decision. So at the end of the day, no matter what happened, hill or high water, it was on me. It took me a long time to get out of that mode because as I hired more people and got a better staff, I was still involved in everything. You know, that's what I kind of had to back off of. But for so many years, I mean, the first four and a half years of business, you know, I did everything. You know, I just knew that, you know, if I did it and messed it up, I could handle it. It was on me. And so you know, I was the biggest thing. I just wanted to make sure that I stayed consistent in my effort. I stayed consistent in my vision, my path. And then I was accountable to everything and everybody, you know, my clients knew that, you know, I was going to get it done. If I said this, I was going to do this. And so I think that was the, the biggest thing is just really pushing through, um, being able to adapt and, and staying accountable and consistent.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned adaptability, consistency, accountability, all very important things. And I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes you can lose sight of that accountability piece because there's nobody else there. There's no boss, right? That's that's beaten. There's no teammates per se that are, are on you. It falls on you. And so I found, especially in the last year, people would make excuses because of COVID, why they couldn't get something done instead of saying, okay, how can I adapt and adjust because of this new environment so that I can continue to be successful. And I need to hold myself accountable to be able to do that. I work with a lot of small business owners. I work with a number of athletes that are looking you know, on success beyond football, beyond baseball. And you know, it's about that accountability is so important. And the consistency, too, and being able to adapt and pivot as circumstances require you to do that.
1: Yep. Yep. 100%.
0: In your facility, you do training for NFL combine training, you train NFL vets, you do some MLB offseason training, and then you just train other folks. I'll, I'll call us the average Joes, if you will, and Janes that are, are looking to increase our performance, you know, and as well. Talk to us a little bit more about everything that you do.
1: What we do is we deal with our clients on an individual basis, whether, you know, it's Devontae Smith, Darius Leonard, Kyle Schwarber we call them our corporate athletes. We basically build an avatar of our clients and say, okay, here's where we're at now. Here's the perfect Kyle Schwarber. How do we get there? You know, what are the things that they're really asymmetrical in? What are the things that they're weak in? And what are the things they're strong in? And then we focus on that and we go through every single client like that. We have some big groups that limit us in how much we can do with our clients, but still, even if you're in a big group, we're going to know your strengths and weaknesses by the tests we perform. And then we, we just focus on that. We, we really focus on making sure that we're polishing the strength. You know, we're spending all of our time and all of our grind, our grit on the weaknesses. Um, and I feel you build better people like that. The guys that I train and the women that I train that are athletic, that are athletes are so athletic that we're only trying to make, you know, 1%, 2% advancements, adaptations, and you do that with people that are in the 90th percentile, you're going to make some serious, serious gains.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That 1%, 2%. And there's a compounding effect with that too. The more you focus on those incremental improvements, the, the better you get. And you mentioned some names that I was excited to hear. Uh, obviously, Devante Smith, um, is one, um, as well as uh, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle played for the Chicago Cubs for a while, won a World Series. So as a uh, Chicago girl and Cubs season ticket holder, definitely uh, miss Kyle, uh, miss him here in Chicago. And then, you know, Devontae, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, right? a great athlete. When you look at these guys, what is it about them that makes them so great aside from their talent?
1: The mindset of these guys, there's so many different components. You add this and you add that and And that strengthens a guy or these two components together strengthen a guy. Guys that are at a a different level really understand greatness, whether they feel they're there or not, or maybe they aren't there or not. They're just really good players. They understand greatness. And so then they really kind of, you know, reverse engineer and say, look, if I want to be great. Here are the things I have to do. Um, And and they do it. You know, some guys are gamers and they do (laughs) on game day. You know, some guys do it every day of the week. They wake up, watch film, they go to sleep watching film, but they know what it looks like to be great. And then more importantly, what they have to do to get there. And those guys that I name are all different guys in their approach to their sport. All of them really, truly understand what they have to do to be great.
0: I think that's important because there's no magic formula per se, do these three things and you'll be great. It's really understanding you, your capabilities, where you're at, what your gaps are, and the things that you need to put into action so that you can be great. And each person's going to be different. Right. And that it's it's exactly so it's not it's not a cookie cutter, one size fits all type of approach. So, Yo, know, where can people learn more about what you do? You have a website, yomurphy.com. Where are you on social so people can follow you?
1: Yeah, yomurphy.com is our website. Yo Murph is my Instagram. Yo Murphy Performance is our facility Instagram. I, Yo Perform. I'm on Twitter. Not as active on Twitter as I'd like to be, but, you know, I was trying to get back on it. We're starting a YouTube channel. We're doing some different things virtually. I have, uh, we, we had an app we just got, going and still working through the kinks of that so you know i'll I'll get back on here with you again and and we'll go through that and i'll give you all that information also
0: that'd be great and we'll be sure to put all those social links in the show notes so people can follow you can learn more about what you're doing and uh, and connect and if they're in the tampa area hopefully you know utilize your services and and work with you in a training capacity what i want to do now is i want to take you through my two-minute drill and just ask you some fun questions My first question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old?
1: You know what? I wanted to be a combination of football and baseball player. That was my goal.
0: Who would play you in a movie about your life?
1: Oh, man. Denzel Washington.
0: It's a great choice. Great choice. I love Denzel. I don't know how you can't love Denzel. Houston's awesome.
1: Without a doubt. That's my guy.
0: My next question is, what is your favorite vacation spot? Oh,
1: man. That's tough. So my family water people. So we love, we love being in the water, near the water or in the water. So I would say we went to a place years ago, took my wife down in the Bahamas, Albany. We went down to Albany and and just loved it.
0: Nice. How about what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Vanilla bean, plain vanilla or French? Plain vanilla. Okay.
1: Kind of a twist he threw at me.
0: <laughs> um, My next question is, what is a pet peeve of yours?
1: Uh, Being late. Can't stand it.
0: Yeah. How about what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: Of course, you know, the podcast, Move the Ball, I'm currently listening to. I really haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts recently. I've been actually just diving into books. You know, I'm reading one called uh, Triphasic Training. I've read You know, another, I wrote, read a long time ago, just wanted to brush back up on that. And then a book by Gray Cook called Athletic Body and Balance. One of my good friends in the business, Roy Holmes at Exos, recommended it. So I've been uh, kind of diving into that.
0: And my last question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased, who would you choose and why?
1: Mm, Okay. I would say number one would be uh, Jackie Robinson. Good choice. I think our world right now we're at is in, you know, we're talking about, you know, racism and social justice and the way people are just really treating people. And there's a lot of support, as much hate as there is in the world. There's a lot of love on both sides. And I can't imagine being Jackie Robinson just out there trying to play a game and all the hate he received. and really being alone in it. I think it's remarkable.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Being strong. I really didn't understand what being strong was. You know, it's not about punching somebody in the face. A lot of times it's about not doing anything. Yeah. Jackie would be, would be one. Martin Luther King would be number two. You know, the same thing is for him, you know, same thing, the, the ridicule, the abuse, he wasn't doing anything, you know, selfishly it was all out of love, you know, it was all out of him being (laughs) just an amazing person. And the same thing, the hate that came his way was just had a chance to read a lot about his life and day-to-day life and just remarkable human beings. You know, number three, I think would be Bill Gates. You know, speaking about empathy, I think all these three guys have it. I think Bill does too. I think he's done a lot for the world selflessly and i think he's a brilliant mind too obviously and so i think it'd be a really good dinner
0: yeah those are three awesome choices well yo as we look to close the show any last thoughts for our listeners
1: no i mean um i appreciate it and um all love all love
0: well thank you so much for being on the show really appreciate the insights that you shared and thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode we will catch you next time until then make sure that you suit up you show up